Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Exploring Life. And I am so excited to continue onward with these lessons. If you haven't already, I would strongly suggest checking out the first lesson and going in order. I try to keep them around 10 minutes, uh, so they're a little shorter snippets, so you can go chunk by chunk and it's not too much. And uh, that will kind of give you a little foundation because I am starting from the beginning and I'm going to try to go forward as much as possible. And what I'm trying to do is pretty much take the meat of what it's trying to say, explain it in simple terms in a way in which anyone could understand um, at any level. That's my goal, um, especially because as I'm reading this, I realize that this is really heavy stuff. <laughs> and again, I always encourage people to never to fully abdicate your authority, to recognize that whatever you're reading, it doesn't require your full-fledged 100% belief in. Because remember, beliefs are based off of uncertainty. They're based off of this understanding that I need to have faith in this because faith is the things unseen. But what's most important is that you take what resonates with you, take what is certainly resonating with you at the moment, and whatever doesn't make sense, whatever doesn't resonate with you might not resonate with you in the moment, or it might in the future, it might not, but regardless, it doesn't matter. What matters is that you take what truly inspires you, motivates you, helps you undo fear, helps you realize who you truly are, a beautiful, wonderful, perfect son and daughter of God, blessed and beautiful in the eyes of your creator. And so that's the way that I look whenever I read anything. I don't have complete faith in what I'm reading, but I have the faith in the creator that the creator will reach me in whatever I am trying to read to help me to grow, to help me to realize that I am more than just this body. I am more than my mistakes. I am more than my successes. I am more than my miscreations, my positive creations, my illusions that I believe in, the reality that I see through. And that's the point of this, is really to remember who we are, to remember where we came from and to remember where we are going, to have such a clarity that we can still participate in this incarnation and still act in such a way that will help others and help ourselves and to heal others and heal ourselves, but also to poke holes in the veil and to realize that there is so much more than just this beautiful play we called life on earth. There is so much more than this beautiful rendition of our unique experiences on earth and that we all get to participate in it. So with that, let's get started. So in the wholeness and spirit portion, it talks about how the miracle is much like the body in that both are learning aids for facilitating a state in which they become unnecessary. And so it often uses language that is intended for us to be able to relate to, but it also uses Christian terms, which can confuse certain people if they're not aware of these Christian terms. And so, again, I talk about how miracle in the previous chapter is about expressions of love. Miracles are expressions of love. Over and over, they express the love of the Creator 
from one person to another and we do them to each person and there is no level of miracles. They're all equally able to be done. It's just our perception which might make it seem like one is harder than the other, but through the creator they are all equally possible. And in this section, it talks about how we are moving forward and recognizing that time is also a factor in which we can appreciate because even though time may be short or it may be long, it's also a learning device. Having this time in such a way that it is seen as past, present, future in a linear fashion is intended for our learning in this third dimensional experience on planet earth and when it talks about the atonement being completed it's talking about how god is not partial that all his gifts are freely given to everyone alike and that everyone will receive all these gifts it's just a matter of time of waking up to that realization that god wants to give god is giving god has given but have we opened our eyes to that given or are we blind and do we really believe that we are shut out from certain gifts from god and it brings up a bible verse where it says except ye become as little children means that unless you fully recognize your complete dependence on god you cannot know the real power of the son in his true relationship with the father so again, it uses a lot of Christian terms and that is with the decision in order to try to fix the distortions within Christianity of any separation, division, or exclusion. And whenever it refers to son, that's kind of like a gender neutral form of saying every single person. It's just son happens to be masculine from our perception, but it's just a way to condense, but it really means all men, women, intersex, uh, every single person. And then atonement is redefined in this course as the undoing of fear, the correcting of belief. And so with that in mind, the reference to unless you know your dependence on God is trying to point to the reality that because we are dependent on God, we are, we exist, we are one. That is the glue, that is the force within all, with all, through all. And that is the reality, that we are all one. And so unless you realize that without seeing that, you will not really enter into this realization that it's talking about, that you are able to receive whatever gift you want from God because all are present in God through you. You have access to God, therefore you have access to all the gifts that he wants to give, that he has given, that he will give. Whether we see it in a linear fashion, presently with God, since God is outside of time, it is all given through God. We just have to accept it and realize it and therefore lay hold of it. And so this dependence is really our existence. Because God created us, we exist. Because we are one with God, we do exist. And so just having that understanding of that dependence of God helps people realize that we are not separate from God, that no one can be separate from God, and that it is quite ridiculous and quite contrary to what God is trying to say to assume that there are people who can be separated from God, who can be divided from God, who can be away from God, as if God created something 
and his creation actually had the power to usurp God's power. So that's why it said previously that you would be mocking God to assume that one son of God is not perfect, that one is not a perfect creation that God could create because God cannot help but create perfect creations. If there is any such illusion or any such egoic tendency or any such miscreation according to an illusion, that is not God doing that directly. That is part of our learning. That is part of our growth. That is part of us experimenting, growing, learning these lessons that we have decided, that we have taken responsibility and that we have chosen to learn through in order to allow and God to be glorified through these experiences. So we are playing with the shadows of life and the light of life. And in the light, we glorify God. And in the shadows, we learn powerful lessons. So that's why it says in the next part, God is not mocked is not a warning, but a reassurance. God would be mocked if any of his creations lacked holiness. The creation is whole and the mark of wholeness is holiness. And that's pretty much saying God creates perfectly because he is perfect and you are holy because he is holy. Even though you might not see it perfectly because we are surrounded by distortions and maybe foggy mist from these illusions, the reality is that you are perfect because God is perfect. You are holy because God is holy. Maybe because of illusions you don't always act in such a way, but that's because you have desired to learn these hard lessons by coming here to allow such things to be learned. But it's these lessons, your mistakes, your successes, they don't define you. They're simply learning tools. They will disappear just as much as this illusion of life will disappear, just as much as your body will disappear, just as much as the chair you're sitting on will disappear or the tree you're looking at will disappear. They serve a purpose and once that purpose is served, they will disappear. That's the reality of the shadows. That's the reality of the sin. That's the reality of the illusions. That's the reality of any miscreations we create. They will disappear because they never truly existed. They were learning devices. They serve purposes and then they will be gone. And the last part talks about how whatever is true is eternal and cannot change or be changed. Spirit is therefore unalterable because it is already perfect, but the mind can elect what it chooses to serve. So since you are spirit, you already are perfect. That is your truth. That is your reality. That is your essence. So anything that is according to this illusion is simply that. It's according to illusion. It's not according to you. And therefore, you do not have to have any fear towards that illusion because you know that it will cease to exist. And this is already getting a little too long, so I'm going to end it now. But thank you guys again so much for tuning in and stay tuned for the next episode. Love you.